thank you for joining us for this edition of the G3 Podcast. I am Virgil Walker. I'm joined by Josh Bice and Scott Annual. How you guys doing? Fantastic. Good, Good to be with you. Well. Good. I'm glad to be here as well. Looking forward to this conversation. It's going to be an interesting conversation. A um, needful one. A very needful one. That said, before we get teed up with where we're going, I want to just make you aware of the Reformation Conference. We want you to join us for the Reformation Conference, May 9th through the 11th, right there in Dallas, Texas. Uh, we want you to be with us at Countryside Bible Church there in South Lake. Uh, Josh Bice will be with us, Joel Beakey, Paul Washer, and, and others. Other speakers are going to be joining us. We're going to be adding speakers Absolutely. to this as yeah. well. So hopefully you'll be able to attend Get on g3men.org and get registered today. I don't want to take a lot of time because I know we've got a lot of ground to cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, that said, Josh, I'm actually going to toss things to you. Uh, you've written an article recently uh, about our subject and uh, wanted to give you the opportunity to kind of tee it up for our audience. Yeah, we're going to be talking today about Andy Stanley. We're going to be talking about the fact that, again, my article, the title says, The Wolf is Out of the Closet. Yeah. I chose those words intentionally because I do believe that Andy Stanley is indeed a wolf, and this was his coming out of the closet, officially mm-hmm. coming out of the closet moment, you might say. Um, although he's really been out of the closet for a while. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about that. Um, this was sort of his definitive moment. In yeah. case anyone was wondering, yeah. he's made it very clear. But really what we need to emphasize, I think, at the beginning of this conversation today would be the fact that if you're watching this podcast and you're thinking, hey, you know, it's a bit, it's a bit uh, I don't know, like harsh to just go after someone in the way that you're going after them. Sometimes we get emails. I get checked on Twitter mm-hmm. or I will, you know, get a, a an email that comes across my desk about asking, did you go to Andy Stanley personally? Right, right. Did you go and did you follow Matthew chapter 18? Mm-hmm. Well, keep in mind, um, Andy Stanley is not a member of my local church. Andy Stanley is a public figure. He is speaking out in the open uh, he is communicating clearly and loudly. And so for me to address something that he said in the public sphere as someone who's not a member of our local church, for me to critique that and for me to address that is not in violation to Matthew 18 if I choose to not go to Andy Stanley personally. Right Now, with that said, what I will say is that you should not be shocked. Anyone that's been paying attention for any length of time should not be shocked at the progression of right, Andy Stanley, right. because it is indeed a progression. Mm-hmm. He has been progressively moving with the winds of culture for a very long time now, and we can chart that all the way back to really, in many ways, looking at the what's the, the what's undergirding all of this right. is his commitment and lack thereof to Holy Scripture yeah. and to the true gospel of Jesus Christ. But if we go back and we look at you know, just the progression of Andy Stanley, what you see is that way back in 2009, he was uh, interviewed by Ed Stetzer regarding his book, Communicating for a Change. And Stetzer asked him, what do you think about preaching verse-by-verse messages through the Bible? Mm -hmm. And that's when, of course, Andy came after expository preaching and said that he, he thought it was just cheating. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you know, if you want to twist the Bible, the very best way to do that is to avoid at all costs expositional preaching because right. it's going to force you to actually follow what the Word of God says in its proper context, mm-hmm. which, by the way, is why we at G3 are passionate about expository preaching. Right. Uh, in 2010, I was actually there for it uh, at the annual Southern Baptist Convention's Pastors Conference when Andy Stanley was uh, one of the guest invited speakers to the pastors conference of the SBC. Mm-hmm. And in his message, I had actually, truth be known, I'd actually looked at who was speaking at what time in the pastors conference and chosen to not be there for mm-hmm. it. Uh, I, I chose my meal time uh, to be absent from that sermon. So I was actually across town eating with a group of friends. And then I came back to the convention center only to find out that they were behind schedule and I caught Andy Stanley's oh, sermon wow. about half of it. Wow. So I was standing in the the doorway leading out to the hallway and I was listening to Andy Stanley 
preach or speak <laughs> and and he kept quoting like massive corporations like Chick-fil-A or Intel mm. and he kept making this phrase and saying this sentence over and over and over again to pastors he was saying if you go home and make your church better they the community will come and make your church bigger wow and he kept just really using that idea of pragmatism mm-hmm. if you make your your landscape better if you make your production better if you make your stage set better if you make your welcome and greeting area better if you make all of your signage better then they're going to come and make your church bigger because obviously bigger is right. better yeah. in Andy Stanley's mindset um if you go from there you will see uh, in 2015, uh, Andy Stanley uh, again. He's he's dealing with the issue of of the Bible, and and he uh, he has a he has a a series that he released where he actually questions the reliability of Scripture. Like like in his series, mm-hmm. he actually talks about. In fact, I'll just quote to you one of the lines. He says. We went off to college and discovered that even though the Bible was sacred, it wasn't scientific. Even though it was something to appreciate, it wasn't necessarily something that was factual. Even though there were stories in here, and then he's referencing the Bible, that were inspirational, they weren't necessarily true. End quote. So now you can see the progression. He he doesn't like expository preaching. He's he's moving uh, away from the trustworthiness of Scripture. And in 2016, on Easter Sunday, Andy Stanley opened up his sermon that was addressing mainly unbelievers, where he went on to suggest that there were actually uh, thousands of Christians, many, many, many Christians before there was a Bible. So you see where he's trying to move people away from the Bible. Uh And then you move down to 2018 when Stanley argued in a sermon that we need to unhitch ourselves from the Old Testament. So time and time and time again, he moves away from the Bible, resisting expository preaching, inserting story after story after story, experience after experience, raising up above the trustworthiness and the authority of Scripture, personal experience and the way that a person feels so you can connect with an audience. And let me just mention this before we dive any further here. This is critically important because it's the foundation by which Andy Stanley has built his quote-unquote ministry. Mm -hmm. And what we need to be aware of, as I stated at the beginning, that Andy Stanley is indeed a wolf, but he's not just like a Joel Osteen. I firmly believe that Andy Stanley is far more dangerous than Joel Osteen. He's more convincing. He's a very yep. gifted communicator. And what he says connects with an audience in a very personal way. Yeah. He's very dangerous. One of the things that, that I've come to find as as you think about all of these issues, every issue you raised, and, and for, for the most part, Josh, you're, you're making your case. You're, you're laying the foundation. This was the groundwork by which we should have watched, uh, been aware, pointed out issues. I, often when you encounter these things, the, the issue, the red flag that's raised or the white flag rather that's raised by folks who affirm Andy Stanley is, is you know, going back to what you first stated, which is, well, you're, you're, you're being too harsh. You're being too dramatic. You're you're coming after someone. And you, have you gone to Andy Stanley? That's kind of the 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 outlay that's kind of laid there. That people are 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 oftentimes not wanting to address any of these issues. We have to address these issues. Yes, we do. It's one of those things that that those who are like Andy Stanley, who are walking people down a path of falsehood, are actually benefit. When yeah. when people say little to nothing, uh, ex- he attacked expository preaching. He attacked bigger uh, or smaller churches by saying bigger churches are better. He attacked uh, the, the the sacredness of scripture by saying it's not scientific. He attacks the Old Testament, and we're to say nothing. Yeah. Right. All the while, we're not to attack him. Right. So right. he gets a free pass for all these things that he wants to say. Yeah. He he. We need to address these attacks because of his influence. I agree with you, Josh. He is very manipulative. Very. Uh, knows how to communicate, knows how to slip in certain statements that will satisfy one set of audiences while at the same time he's actually saying something else. And we can talk about some of that later. But I think it's not only because of his influence that we need to address this, 
But you touched on this a moment ago, Josh, when you were talking about his message of the SBC. He's not he's not unique. He is indicative of of a movement of many other pastors, some of whom are far less influential, some of whom are just as influential, who are driven by problems of pragmatism, of church growth ideology, and so many more issues. That's really what, what's driving them. And so, in, in a sense, we are addressing Andy, Andy Stanley individually because of his influence and, and even recent uh, things that have happened. But really, what we're going to say today in this episode is more broadly addressing fundamental root problems that are at the heart of many, many churches across this country and even the world. Yeah, yeah. In fact, if you if you think about what I stated earlier, the foundation by which he has built his ministry is on uh, a, 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 a foundation of pragmatism rather than the Word of God. That will then shape how you do worship. So, Scott, as we think about uh, Stanley and his progression, we're going to talk about, in just a few minutes, we're going to talk about his his latest coming out moment where he's very much affirming homosexuality in the church mm. and the difference between Andy and Paul is going to be very clear, yeah. but it will also affect how a church worships. So talk to us a little bit about their yeah, practices. I, mean, I think that's key. Like the whole, the whole church methodology is impacted. The, these recent things are just but another set of symptoms like you've been talking about of these, of these root problems. And so it impacts every, everything about their, their, their church, including how they structure, how they design, what they do in their worship services. Uh, I just have here a couple clips to play. Just, you know, I, I was just talking to, to someone recently who said, you know, that, that people in their church are like, Andy Stanley, that's Charles Stanley's son. He's good, right? I think a lot of people just don't know right. what's going on in this church. Right. So I think it's going to be useful actually to play some of these these examples. For example, January 9th of 2022, the very first Sunday of the new year that year, uh, this was the call to worship, right? At the beginning of the service. I'll just <clears throat> I'm going to dive kind of in the in the middle of it. Okay, so I'm going to pause because that's all I can take. But that that is okay. That is we can talk about worship music in a moment. But that's not even a Christian song. That is that is a cover of a Led Zeppelin song, right? Right, right there in the in the very first uh, um, service of the year. Uh, uh, that's that that's their call to worship. And I want you to listen to two. Then what's what Stanley says here as as the uh, service is is continuing. <laughs> Taylor, unbelievable. And uh, just so you know, Chris was homeschooled. So there, that'll teach you. This is the beginning of their service. You can be seated for just a minute. Unbelievable. Yes, I saw those grins. Pamela Holiday, I think you were the first person. Was Pamela, who was over here that stood up first? Right here on the corner. Was that you that stood up first? You just couldn't help yourself. Yes, it was the call to worship. So, so he's even acknowledging there. This was the call to worship. They're using a song by Led Zeppelin as the call to worship. A couple more examples here. This is uh, this is a couple of years ago. Uh, they right in the, again right in the middle of the service played or performed this fight song song, which again is a secular piece. So a song about you know a woman sort of getting up on her own strength and and defeating all odds, uh, using that in their corporate worship. Did a whole sort of '90s boy band medley uh, here. Oh, a couple boy of years band! Ago. That's that's good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, fellas, y'all ready to do this? Oh, yeah. Again, this is the the service opener. I need to call the worship. You know, I've got a clip too here yeah. of one Virgil Walker that was on. Uh, <laughs> can we cue that up right quick? Uh, Virgil Walker won on any of that. <laughs> That's got, some nonsense. I've got, right I've there. got some receipts, Virgil. I've got some. I've got some video. Not for a call to worship. I've been saving it for this yeah, moment. Yeah, not right for here. a call to worship. You don't. <laughs> the problem is, we could go on and on. I really don't feel like it. But I mean, just example after example of of again, we can talk about the the, the quote unquote worship music here if we want but these are not even these are secular pop 
songs that they're using in the context of their corporate worship. I didn't even play where where Andy explained why they let the band do the the, the, the Led Zeppelin. Oh, yeah. They're like, yeah. well, we just got to let the band do what they want to do sometimes and just kind of air it out so that we can get them to do what we what we really need them to do, you know, in corporate worship. Uh, the, you know, songs about, I mean, you know, songs about really sexual encounters, but they're somehow renegotiating them, I guess, in their mind uh, for the context of, uh, of their worship services. But again, this is indicative of the underlying pragmatism, right? Yeah. This is, their, their thinking is, and it's not new, it comes, you know, from long years of church growth philosophy, right. which argues that we need to use music that will be comfortable and familiar to the seekers who are in our congregation to get them, you know, comfortable and to get them so that we can we can communicate the gospel to them. I mean, years and years ago, Ed Dobson said that we need to use in church a style of music that will get unchurched people moving in a physical way that will break down their defenses wow. so then that we can win them to Christ, yeah. right? So we, we organize and structure our services in such a way uh, based on unbelieving preferences of on what the, unbelievers are yeah. using. Seekers. Yeah. Seekers, yeah. quote-unquote, right? So again, this is, just in, this, this is not new. Uh, and unfortunately, there are many, many churches around the world and around the country who are doing the same thing, sometimes looking at the example of someone like Andy Stanley's church, yes. which, like you said earlier, is so huge. Look, yes. at all of, look at all these people who are being impacted by the gospel, and so we need to follow his methodology and are copying the same sort of thing. Yeah. As, you, as you watch this trajectory, it begins kind of with, with the music and the style and all of what's happening. I've seen churches across the country kind of move to this kind of an opener where they've got some secular song that they kind of get people moving to. And then I don't even know how the transition works, uh, but they try to f- roll into some, I don't know, worshipful uh, music. I don't even know how that but, but works. But here's the problem, right? They, they're using these, these secular pop, you know, songs, which, by the way, let me just say right away, I don't think there's anything wrong with listening to secular music. In other words, music that's not designed for corporate worship or music that's not uh, doesn't have sacred lyrics. Right. There, there's there's certainly um, value to that. Not not in corporate worship, though. And even the secular music we listen to ought not to have sexual content, con, you know, content, sexual innuendo, innuendo, which even some of these songs do. But here's here's my even bigger problem. That's really what's driving them. Right? Obviously, that that band they love playing Led Zeppelin, mm-hmm. so now they're going to write worship songs. Well, what is informing their musical language and the kinds of songs that they're going to write? So they might have lyrics that are ostensibly theologically correct, but they've they've bought into, and so many Christians have, they've bought into the false narrative that music is neutral. They've bought into the false narrative that all we need to do is have Christian lyrics, and that makes it a song worthy for corporate worship. But they're taking their cues from the world. They're being impacted by the world. And so it ought not be surprising for us when worldly ideology begins to influence other areas of their theology yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a progression. It starts with music. I, I, I pulled up an old uh, old tweet that I actually received from Andy Stanley back in the day, uh, and this was about the issue of women pastors. Yeah. Uh, I I uh, posted a tweet that said, "If your if your pastor is a woman, she's not a pastor. She's a feminist who ignores scripture." Mm. And 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 basically just laying out the ca- the biblical case that men are to serve qualified men are to serve in the role of pastor. Mm. Well, Stanley responded by saying rude and incorrect. And uh, that, that got a lot of attention. In fact, he, what, what resulted uh, was our dear friend Phil Johnson responded in a way that really was not, uh, yeah. was not, was not beneficial uh, for him or, or for the like. But again, I, I share that to, to, to continue to make the case, Josh, that you're making, which is no, no one should be surprised by the trajectory of where things land at the end of the day. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and again, it, it, it really starts with a walking away from the Bible. Right. And when you walk away from the Bible, then you're going to have, uh, you know, the winds of culture will impact how you worship because you're trying to reach unchurched people in an unchurch type of way. By giving them what they want. Giving them what they want. <laughs> And then the entire model of your local church ministry becomes about the person instead of about God himself, which is 
the the massive problem with all of this. So yeah, again, back in the day, I've had you know times where I've been calling out Andy Stanley. Mm-hmm. In fact, I've I've seen this article has been shared a number of times on social media, but I've also seen lots of people suggesting that we're late comers to the party, right. almost suggesting that we've been waiting for far too long before we've called out Andy Stanley. We'll just let it all be known that um, I've been actually calling out Andy Stanley for the last 10 or 15 years in right. sermons that I've preached, even in articles that I've written, um, some of which have actually uh, gained the attention of Andy Stanley. He's instant messaged me you know, on X before, uh, back when it was Twitter, um, trying to bring about correction to some of the things that I've stated about him that mm-hmm. he felt was actually incorrect. Yeah. We've had some dialogue back and forth. I've asked him to meet with me so that I could confront him personally. He's uh, avoided those opportunities. Mm-hmm. But suffice it to say, this progression has been very much intentional by Stanley. Yeah. He's been looking at the winds of culture, and he's trying to shape his church with where he sees the winds blowing. Can I just make a quick comment about this latecomer thing, yeah. too? We don't have to get into details, but we've actually lost relationship with a vendor that we've used for I was years say that, at yeah. the conference because so, he was upset about your comments about Absolutely. So uh, we've experienced the, the, the cancel culture here at G3, mm-hmm leading up to this last national conference where a major vendor that was uh, at the at the heart of pulling off what we do at a national mm-hmm. conference mm-hmm. Um, we were you know right in the middle of all of our plans to roll out everything you know to 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 make it all happen right and suddenly Virgil and I were traveling, get off of an airplane and check email only to have a very long email explaining to me why it is that they're walking away from relationships with G3 Ministries. Right. And it was stated specifically because of my comments about Andy, Andy Stanley. Stanley. Yeah. And so person um, was a member of his church. Absolutely. Yeah. So this is a guy that I've known for a long time, a member of Andy Stanley's church, and he was um, offended by my personal, uh, you know, statements, my public statements about Andy Stanley, which he took personal. Yeah. So then I wrote him a long letter back explaining to him what we're communicating actually in this in this podcast. Um, but but actually, it, it's become far worse even since that email yeah, exchange. Yeah. I've even had thoughts about about this, you know, Josh, as it relates to that particular situation, because it, it was no small it was no small matter on our part uh, when we received that that email, and and we we began to scramble. These are plans that you put into place. We you know we, that G three puts into place. 18 months ahead, 12 months ahead of time, only to figure out now we're at the nine-month mark and, and are needing to scramble on something that's major. Yeah. Uh, so we're doing that, working those issues out, and I'm thinking about that as I watch what you're going to unpack for us as it relates to this this conference that, that Stanley has recently pr- promoted. I'm wondering about that old friend, and I'm wondering how is he in his mind justifying where Stanley is today? Yeah, in fact, I would say a word to my old friend, and I would say a word to many people that are a part of uh, North Point Church here in the Atlanta area, uh, Stanley in his recent uh, unpublished, now published sermon titled, uh, I Love My Church, um, has has made it clear that there are lots of families who are leaving his church, and he felt it necessary to spend an entire Sunday dealing with this issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I would encourage true believers to actually leave his church, mm-hmm. because I think that um, uh, this man is very dangerous. He's a very good communicator, but he is indeed a wolf, uh, and, and anything less than full-on repentance from Andy Stanley is 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 necessitating a separation mm-hmm. from this guy. Um, so recently, that brings us to this present controversy. He's been he's been progressively moving according to the winds of culture. And what we see is that there was recently this conference that was held at his church called the Unconditional Conference. It it you know received lots of blowback and lots of criticism, and so uh, that really led to. Uh, Andy Stanley uh, speaking at his church uh, this one specific Sunday uh, here recently where he addressed all these issues. But let's start with the progression. This this conference, the unconditional conference they hosted, was for parents of LGBTQA plus children 
to try to address their needs. Now, Stanley's going to make it abundantly clear that it wasn't about helping those children understand what the Bible says. It was about something far different. But for those who are shocked by this, what you need to recognize is that this problem actually started much earlier. You can go all the way back to 2012, and you can find on April 15th, 2012, where Stanley preached this very controversial sermon when Gracie met Truthy. And I've linked to it in my article. You can find the link there. But in this sermon, what he does, and I'll just summarize for you, is he actually starts off with the the tension of this sermon, talking about how, you know, obviously he's going to be talking about sex, and every time he talks about sex, it's High Attendance Sunday, and you get a chuckle from the audience at that point. And then he starts moving to use examples from Scripture like Jesus's interaction with tax collectors, talking about how tax collectors are, you know, in in that culture uh, were obviously, uh, you know, despicable individuals. The Jews hated the tax collectors. So someone like a Matthew Levi who was operating a tax booth would have been someone who would have been despised. And so Jesus calls him to himself and then engages in a party with him and other tax collectors. And so he's setting the scene. Mm-hmm. And then he moves to Jesus's interaction with the woman at the well. And then he moves to the scene of the pericope on adultery. And in a very slick way, he says the story that found its way into John's gospel, wink, wink. In other words, he's tipping his hand to the people that actually have a discerning ear, that that's actually not in the earliest manuscripts. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, he uses it. And then he talks about Jesus not condemning her only to then set up the entire sermon back in 2012 to come to a very heart-wrenching story where he spends about a third of his entire sermon talking about a situation in his own church mm-hmm. where uh, a married couple and their daughter had a, a, a heart-wrenching, horrific divorce situation that was precipitated by the fact that this woman's husband left her for another man. Mm-hmm. And so now you have a homosexual man and his partner, and you have the situation of breaking of a marriage, and this little girl caught in the middle of it, and Stanley tries to set the scene, and then he works through an entire storyline to talk about this entire thing. And I just want to play a couple of clips. Uh, In fact, I want to play one specific clip from this sermon and show you kind of what he says about it as he comes to the end of this sermon, and he talks about now having met with them. He he actually, at one point in the sermon, he talks about the fact there was a confrontation when this this husband, this you know, this this left this wife for this other man. He he's a homosexual. They come to the church where she is at their church, and she confronts him, and in Stanley's own words kicked him out of their church. And so then he went to another one of the North Point campuses in Atlanta, was received there, and actually started serving. And so then there had to be a conversation about how, you know, that wasn't going to be allowed because he was, quote-unquote, engaged in old-fashioned adultery, never addressing the homosexuality piece, Mm -hmm. only specifically talking about Adultery. Mm-hmm. He never even said homosexuality in his in his sermon, mm-hmm. and so then he comes to the very end. He talks about how there's been this beautiful restoration of this entire scene, all the way down to after now having met with them and worked through this over months and months. Now this woman calls and asks if at the Christmas service, if Stanley would actually save some seats for them, and he says, "How many?" And she said, well, me and my boyfriend and my daughter and my ex-husband and his partner, I need six seats. And then you can hear what Stanley says next. Just listen to this clip. I was just astounded. And then this story ends with this past Christmas. I got a call about a week before Christmas. We had lots of extra Christmas services and, you know, people going crazy and everywhere. And and they had been attending, the, his, her ex-wife and his partner had been attending Buckhead Church ever since, you know, she invited him back to that service. And she said, we want to all come to Christmas service together. Would you save us some seats? Now, we don't allow saving of seats, but I know people, okay? <laughs> and so I said, 
of course. And so I asked George, George helps us here at our North Point campus save seats. And I, I said, George, I need, I need six seats. I said, well, I'll ask her first. I said, who's coming? She said, well, um, my boyfriend, his daughter, me, my daughter, my ex-husband and his partner, I need six seats. And so, you know, halfway in our first Christmas carol, I'm sitting here, I'm standing here in my corner chair, singing, looking up at the screen. And I look across the aisle and about four people down are my six friends all singing Christmas carols together on the front row. And the only thing I could think was modern family. (laughs) No, that's not the first thing I thought. You just had to break the tension sometimes. And here's what I thought, literally. I thought, there it is. The marvelous glorious, messy, pain-filled, we'll get through this somehow. I'm not gonna be that woman. It's our daughter, microcosm of the church. There it is. Truth with all its painful ramifications and grace with all of its healing power. What a mess. Now, what we hear in that in that clip is is obviously massively problematic. But if you'll notice his language very, very closely, he says, "Here's a microcosm of the church talking about when grace meets truth." And the reality is, it's what we're going to see in this progression from 2012 to present day, 2023, is that Andy Stanley and the Apostle Paul are far different, obviously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Andy is saying here. He's saying, such are some of you. Mm-hmm. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 6, such were some right. of you. Right. And that's what separates a false teacher from a true teacher. And we need to see that clearly. And so this is a progression. I believe that Stanley's been setting up his church for a very long time to be full-on gay-affirming, homosexual-affirming for many years. Mm-hmm. Now we come to this specific scene where we have this this unconditional conference, and it was set up for a very specific purpose, and you're going to hear that. Just listen to, this is the sermon that was the originally unpublished sermon that he did not publish first. They did not live stream the sermon that day, but now it has been published, so it's the unpublished published sermon titled, I Love My Church. Listen to these clips, and we'll talk about them. Um, the way I, I view this, and even though we have influence outside the walls of our church, I'm a local church pastor for, for the way I think about this. And so you, and by you, I mean anybody at any of our local churches or our network of churches, you are my first audience. So I've made it a habit to never say anything out there that I haven't said in here first. And so I feel like I need to respond out there to some of the criticism, but before I respond out there, I wanted you to hear it from me first. And that's why we chose not to stream the message online. Now, I know there are a lot of people who came from the outside because we weren't streaming it and they just can't wait to you know, get their claws into us. I get that. And we're so glad that you're here. You, we'd love for you to come every single weekend. You, you may gain a different perspective on us for sure, but maybe even the Christian faith. So I know we have some people from the outside, but this is, I guess, symbolically my way of saying, I want you to hear this from me first before the outside world hears it. So back to the article. So did you catch that language? He's addressing at the beginning of this sermon, massively controversial scene, the recent unconditional conference. He's going to explain the purpose of that conference in just a moment we're going to hear. But did you notice what he says? We're glad you're here. You might gain a different perspective about us and the Christian faith. So here it is. The progression of Andy Stanley, he's wanting people to see a different perspective of the Christian faith. Now, what I will say is in this next clip, you're going to hear him referencing some of the criticism that he's received. And there's been articles written, and he's he's specifically referring to one article that had been recently written by a well-known theologian. And he's saying that his version of Christianity right. and Andy Stanley's version of Christianity are totally different. Right. Listen to this next clip as to what he says here. Bottom line, that version of Christianity draws lines. And Jesus drew circles. 
He drew circles so large and included so many people in his circle that it consistently made religious leaders nervous. You hear that? Mm-hmm. He's, he's saying he drew circles, not lines. Now, why is that a problematic statement, do you think? I mean, just as you hear that, what's your first thought? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it doesn't differentiate between or, or, or underestimates the importance of biblical doctrine, biblical authority, uh, and, and tries to portray Scripture and Jesus himself as if he didn't see doctrine important, he didn't see holy living important, he didn't see biblical morality important, uh, and therefore we ought not to draw lines. Right. That, you know, that it's, uh, it, it's, of course, a gross misrepresentation of Jesus himself, which is bad enough, and then like you've already mentioned several times, an undermining of the very authority of Scripture yeah, itself. That, that's where I would land. It, yeah. it really, it really um, undermines sufficiency of Scripture. Right. With clarity. Which has right. been the pattern all along. Absolutely. Right. Exactly. And so that goes back to the very beginning. What we've been talking about is that this present day Andy Stanley is actually the very same Andy Stanley. Right. He's just becoming more and more clear right. mm-hmm. as the years progress. Mm-hmm. And so that's where we are. But again, it's this idea of circles rather than lines. Don't draw a line in the sand. Be a circle maker and be affirming. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole point he's trying to drive home. Listen to this next clip. He's going to tell us, again, this is the sermon to his church. After the controversial, unconditional conference was held, he's going to explain the purpose of this conference, which is massively problematic. Just listen to this clip here. So the purpose of the unconditional conference was not to equip parents to convince their gay kids that they weren't gay or shouldn't be gay. That was not the purpose of the conference. Every parent who attended the conference had already tried that, right? Christian parents of LGBTQ plus kids go there immediately. They pull out the verses, they argue. They, I mean, that's just, that's just where parents go. They pull out the convince, convict, coerce, control. Convince, convict, coerce, control. Convict, convict, you know, convince, convict, coerce, control. And just as a parenting strategy in general, how effective is that? I mean, that doesn't work with your kids. That didn't work on you when you were a kid. The purpose of the conference wasn't to equip parents to debate with their kids. The purpose of the conference, of the unconditional conference, was to equip parents to connect with their kids and to reconnect with their kids and to stay connected with their kids so they would have influence to keep their kids connected to their faith and keep their kids connected to Jesus. So the 10 presenters, or there are a few more of that, I think, than that, but the 10 plus presenters that the McDonald's invited to speak at their conference, they chose the presenters based on that purpose. This wasn't a debate. This wasn't one side's gonna present the other side. It wasn't, wasn't that at all. They had healthcare professionals, marriage counselors, mental health professionals, some pastors. They invited me to speak. I said, I don't wanna speak, but if you wanna interview me, I'd be happy to be a part of this. I'm so proud of our church for hosting this. The presenters, these were presenters the McDonald's knew. This is so important. The presenters they chose were presenters that Greg and Lynn knew from their personal experience would be most helpful for these parents. And they should know because they are one of those parents. And this is why Justin and Brian were invited, the two married gay men at the center of all the controversy. And I'm sure that you've read all about that. And here's the thing about Brian and Justin. Their stories and their journeys of growing up in church and maintaining their faith in Christ and their commitment to follow Christ all through their high school and college and singles and all up to the time that they were married. Their story is so powerful for parents of gay, especially kids, that it's a story gay parents with gay kids need to hear. Did you hear that? Yeah. So obviously he's making it clear that it wasn't their conference. They hosted the conference at their church. Um, and then he goes on to say that he was proud of his church right, for hosting, hosting it. it. And then he references the fact that these individuals that were a part of the conference invited to speak were of all sorts of different backdrops from, you know, mental health professionals to pastors. And then he then references Justin and Brian right. to married, right. keyword, gay yeah. men 
who have maintained, quote-unquote, their faith all the way through their school years, and now they can address these these very sensitive issues with these very confused parents and children in a conference yeah. like this. You know, we, we, we sometimes throw the word liberal around maybe too loosely, but this is a classic case of theological liberalism. That's right. You deny the inspiration, inerrancy, and authority of Scripture. You unhitch yourself from that. So then— your faith or being connected to Jesus just becomes this sort of wishy-washy, you know, sentimental, feel-good religion that has nothing to do with Scripture, nothing to do with the authority of what God has said to us for those who truly do want to follow Christ with our lives. It is no different than the theological liberalism of the past. So like you've already mentioned, we're not talking about intramural debates among Christian brothers here. We are talking about a wolf. Yep. We are talking about somebody who has denied the authority and sufficiency of Scripture and is preaching another gospel. Right. Absolutely. And so the progression that I wanted to help everyone see as it relates to Andy Stanley is very clear. In 2012, in his sermon, when Gracie met Truthy, he references, quote-unquote, just good old-fashioned adultery. Mm-hmm. The reason that those that 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 gay couple was not allowed to maintain their position in his church and serve in a serving position on a team in his church was because they were in an unlawful in the civil realm relationship that he uh, had to meet with them and confront them over, okay? Fast forward to this specific sermon where he references Justin and Brian who are, quote-unquote, two gay married Mm -hmm. men. Mm -hmm. And so the key word is that they were married. It's lawful. lawful. And so uh, the civil law in, in our American context trumps in Andy Stanley's mind what the Bible actually says. How do you get around Leviticus 18.22 that says, a man shall not lie with a man as with a woman. It's an abomination to the Lord. Well, the way you do that, well, is you unhitch yourself from the Old <laughs> right. Testament. Right, right. right. And uh, again, how, how, do you, how do you navigate all of this? He's, he's very clever. He's, he's, he's staying right with the speed of the culture. He's not getting too far ahead of the culture. He's, he's pacing himself right, right along with right. the culture so that, so that he can just sort of like lead his church to be at the same speed and the progression yeah. of the culture. I'm just amazed at the language that he used, that the purpose of the conference was to equip parents to connect or to reconnect with their kids. And the idea surrounding that is the only way to stay connected is to affirm mm-hmm. sinful behavior yeah. rather than recognizing you don't have to do that in order to stay connected to Which your kids. Which is the whole point, right? Absolutely. He's, he's different than the Apostle Paul who writes to the church in the city of Corinth in 1 Corinthians 6 and, 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 and talks about sin. He talks about different categories of sin that was very much dominating the lives of the people in the church at Corinth. Mm -hmm. And he says, and such were some of you. Right. In other words, that's past tense. You have come out of that life. It's no longer a part of who you are. You are now uh, changed. You have been washed. You have been shaped by the gospel. In fact, if you just look at that text, it says... And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Mm. So what he's saying to the church at Corinth is that you're now living a life that is led by the Spirit of God Mm -hmm. rather than the winds of culture. And so that's Paul, past tense. Andy Stanley, present tense, is saying such are some of you. Right. I mean, this it's, is a, it's the same problem. sort of hyphenated Christianity that we've been warning about for a long time. And hyphenated Christianity is a problem to begin with. And when you're, when you're, you're, you know, other, uh, other adjective hyphen is actually sin, right? So is he going to start a conference on helping parents, you know, reconnect with their lying affirming children or their disobedient affirming children? Or no, we, yeah, we want to connect with our children, but we confront them. We, of course, do that in a loving biblical way. But we confront them about their sin. We show them that in Christ they can be freed from that sin. We don't simply assume, well, this is part of their identity, and so let's ha- let's help 
let's connect with them and help them have this squishy, feel-good, sentimental uh, relationship with Jesus. Yeah, and, and, the va- and the validation for that is, again, this couple, Greg and Lynn McDonald. Yeah. The justification for this whole direction is that they they know because they've experienced it. Uh-huh. That's the whole Experience justification. Is Experience is more important is than Scripture, right? Yeah. So, brothers, why is this so problematic? When you talk about Andy Stanley's wanting to draw a circle and be affirming and, and say, such are some of you, let's celebrate who you are rather than who you can be in Christ. This circle uh, aspect and methodology, why is that so problematic? And I would say... Because not only is it, is it the wind of culture blowing into the church, this idea of homosexuality, but what's coming along that's not quite there yet? Mm-hmm. Pedophilia and all sorts of other sin, transgenderism, it. everything else. So you can see that you can just see that all these different sins are being blown right into the church, into the front doors of quote unquote churches like North Point and quote-unquote pastors like Andy Stanley are going to welcome that right in at the speed in which the culture celebrates it. Right, and that's the point. We are seeing already people talking about, well, maybe pedophilia, maybe this is sort of a natural thing and we have to allow for it. So that's kind of the cutting edge. He's never been right on the cutting edge, but you can tell he's laying the groundwork. And if he's if he's evidencing his willingness to embrace you know, once they become sort of mainstream or lawful in the civic sphere, like you pointed out, and he's willing to embrace those things, then why wouldn't he embrace whatever comes down the road from polygamy to pedophilia to who knows is coming next? Right. And, and, and again, I, I'm sure he'd push back, well, that's a slippery slope argument. And the, the same was said about, about gay marriage. Yeah. It was, well, we won't see anything else besides that. We won't see, you know, people making decisions about who they are as a male or female. We won't yeah. see these other, but that's exactly what we're seeing. Well, yeah, again, again, he's, 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 he's keeping speed with the law, right? Mm, right? And so the culture, at the speed in which the culture moves, and so right now, what's one of the things that we're hearing? Minor attracted people, mm-hmm. right? Instead mm-hmm. of talking about, you know, someone who's a pedophile, mm-hmm. we're actually having a new category that's far less offensive. And and that's that's what it begins. It begins with the language. Yeah, and so once that becomes sort of a a lawful behavior, if it does, you can expect figures like Andy Stanley and others that are out there that are willing to open up their church and welcome that into their circle as well. Yeah, Yeah, once you've unhitched from the Old Testament, anything's anything's in, in view. Uh, we've unhitched from that, and what we're now hitched to, or at least Stanley would like for people to link themselves with, is his experience uh, or his ideas is the direction that he would like to take everyone, and that, that's a that's a dangerous place for anyone to yeah. be. Yeah, it is. It's not it's not a slippery slippery slope argument. We are saying he is he is denying. I, I would say he's unhitching himself not just from the Old Testament, but from the New as well, as you've clearly shown, right? So, so he is, it's not slippery slope. It is he is denying the source of our authority, and once you do that, then anything goes. That's uh-huh. what we're cautioning against. We're not we're not you know trying to argue some sort of slippery slope yeah. argument. Yeah, I mean his unhitching from the Old Testament was merely a means by which he's suggesting that we just need to move away from the Word of God altogether. Right. He was suggesting that the New Testament believers were unhitching themselves from the Old Testament. Well, the New Testament believers had a Bible, and right. it was the Old Testament. Yeah. And so what he's arguing is that we should just move away from God's Word altogether. I, I, got, I have to go back to what you said early on, which is anyone who's a part of this church who is a believer needs to leave immediately. He, he is shepherding people, but he's shepherding people right into the pit of hell. Yeah, That's exactly absolutely. where he's shepherding people, yeah. and they need to leave if they're believers. Yeah, and again, for, for those who might be listening to this podcast or watching this, again, you, you might say, well, man, G3 is like throwing fire today, right? Well, the, the idea that we're talking about and the problem that we're talking about that we're trying to expose and, and bring to light with Andy Stanley um, is indicative of, of really what we are about as a ministry. We love the local church. We love the gospel of Jesus Christ. We love the Word of God. We are committed to that. Uh, we're not a polemics ministry or a discernment ministry. Um, that's not what we get up and do every day. But um, And I'm not qualifying this at all. I'm, I'm being very clear. We enter into polemics and talk about you know uh, issues that are uh, very much controversial when we need to, and we're willing to do that as a, as a ministry. Yeah. 
And so we're not afraid to talk about the hard things. But in this case, this is a man who is right out there in the news. He's trending on social media often. He's influencing large, large groups of people in the Atlanta area. And we would just urge you to be very, very cautious of this man. He is not a pastor to be followed. He is a wolf to be avoided. Yeah. It's not like we it's not like we advocate leaving churches right. lightly. We don't. I just talked to a man on the phone yesterday who was expressing some concerns and should I leave my church? And I said absolutely not because it was an issue of intramural debate That's among right. Christian brothers. This is not that. Yeah. This right. is an attack on the gospel. Well, of Jesus we, we did we did the same thing as as I began to field calls and conversations with the social justice issue. Yeah. Folks would call reach out, should I be leaving my church? And my thought was no, that's let, let's have conversations about what really are the issues uh, rather than leaving a church. But what we're talking about here is something far different. Uh, this is someone who's made, who, who's planted a flag in a place that opposes everything that Scripture tells us. Uh, and it's at that point that you have to make your decision. Am I going to draw a circle around this sinful condition uh, and stay in it, or am I going to draw a line and leave. Yeah, absolutely. Well, again, we we call names and name names when we have to and when we should, and I think that there's a, a time and place for that. It's not appropriate in cases like with Andy Stanley where we should just say, well, there's a prominent pastor in the Atlanta area who's saying troublesome things. Um, in this case, we need to point out the wolf who is devouring God's flock, yes. and anyone that's a true believer in that church should leave. They have justification for it. Yeah. Well, here at G3, we care about local churches. Uh, We care about educating, encouraging, and equipping local church pastors. Our hope would be uh, that you would see this particular podcast in that vein, in that light, uh, one that would would equip you, uh, provide context for you to go back and do even more research, uh, study the Word of God, and then begin talking with people around that, that are questioning these issues, that are challenged by these issues. And so it's in line of that, that again, we're, we're grateful that you joined us. Hope that you find this edifying, that you'll share this with others. Any last words that you gentlemen have? Yeah, my, my last words, Virgil, would be, again, we would love to connect with you at some of our workshops and some of our conferences that we have planned this upcoming year. You can find out information at g3men.org, as well as this new app, Scott. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. mean, again, we, we, we have put yes. a ton of work into this new yeah. app. So G3+, Plus. there's a lot of excitement about it. A lot of people uh, getting on there and seeing all the resources. We're starting to see some buzz even on social media, Facebook, and and X about people appreciative. So uh, visit plus.g3min.org. Uh, lots of teaching series, so many things for your family, uh, for your church that you can use in the context of a small group or a Sunday school class in, in your in your family and, and those sorts of things. Uh, so check out G3 Plus. It's a great resource. Yeah. So I love about what we do, not only challenge issues and question things, but also provide solutions. G3 Plus is a great solution for that. Uh, join us next time for the next edition of the G3 Podcast.